0: Beginning Transmission 138. Identity Crisis. File Under. Family Drama. Come on, you fuckers! Think that
1: just because a guy reads comics he can't fuck some shit? Oh, I'll
0: take all you want. Welcome to this week's episode of the Funny Books and Firewater Podcast. Welcome to episode of the Funny Books and Firewater Podcast. Ignore. She drinks. Each week a motley band of comic readers slash amateur attempt to pair comic tales with comic on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr. You know something? No, what? You read too many comic books. <laughs> we now join Brian, Jeremiah, Adam, and Todd.
2: They're used to curious sites which they
0: attribute to alcoholic delusions.
2: They may be drinkers, Robin, but they're also human beings.
0: I'm too sober for this shit. Here is a drinking game to play while you listen to this episode. Please drink responsibly and don't take it too seriously. And if you don't like it, blame William.
1: Take a drink anytime Mr. Porg decides to interject himself into the conversation. <coughs>
3: You need to take a drink anytime Manny Bothhands makes an appearance and I get groans and fuck yous
4: from Adam and Maya. Fuck Manny Bothhands! Manny Bothhand is pure genius. Take a drink anytime someone refers to me as the cum dumpster. Take a drink every time the shame bell makes an appearance.
2: Shame! Also, take a drink anytime uh, we act like the member berries
1: from South Park. Remember when they were on South Park? I'm remember, Yeah, I remember.
4: Y'all won't take a drink every time we do the bad German accent, you Ah, drink, fucker.
0: If you have any suggestions for rules you would like to add, email us at funnybooksandfirewater at gmail.com or use the contact link on our website, funnybooksandfirewater.com.
2: Adam, is the recording light turned on? Yes. Yes, Has it's there been a time on. You know turned not. On? He's lying. He's lying oh. to me? What a jerk.
4: Oh, uh, that one. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, uh, not the one on the computer, the one on like, that you got from your gift.
4: There we go. We go. There, it's official. We can officially begin the show. Okay, thank goodness.
2: Welcome to episode one, three, seven, eight. Which one is it? Somebody- Many. Yes. 138. It's episode 138 uh, of the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. Uh, This month we are starting our uh, month. We figured, hey, man, it's the holidays. We're doing a month of family drama. And so we're starting out this week with the uh, DC and what I'm told very divisive book. Identity crisis. We'll get into that later. Panel uh, and Speaking of divisive, we have with us the standard accoutrement of people. We have Mr. Todd. Hi, hey, I'm Todd. You can find me as a co panelist here on
3: Funny Books and Firewater. I also do English class hooligans sometimes with my better half, Amy. Hi, hey, Amy. As well as the cat herder himself, Brian.
2: Someday you have to introduce so, Amy as the cat herder and me as the better half. Well, that. Um, <laughs> I've known you longer. Yeah, that's fair. That's true. <laughs> uh, That's true. Speaking of Todd's better Kay. half, we have Mr. Maya. I don't know why I segue that way. I just did. Hey, I'm Todd's
1: better half, Mr. Maya. <laughs> hey. Uh, you can catch me on Twitter at Mr. Maya or Instagram at the Mr. Maya. And as we record this, which will be a month ago, as you listen to this, it's my birthday.
3: Hey. It's your Happy birthday. birthday hey. Maya. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, pumpkin. I was telling Maya earlier. Now he's going to be a real boy. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. He grew. Up. Is this
2: a magical age?
3: It's an age. Thirty-four. Oh no. Thirty-four. I wish I was thirty-four again. What? Such young and innocent
4: times. (laughs) Really? I don't. I don't. Well, Obama was president. Well, I guess that's a valid point. This is true. Yeah. And and our blue wave turned into a blue ripple. So that's true. It's still there. Still blue.
2: Anyway, speaking of a ripple turning into a wave, we have the other birthday boy, (laughs) Mister Adam.
4: Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Adam with uh, Big Shiny Robot. Also over at the Board Hell podcast with Andy Wilson. Hi, Hi Andy. Andy. Hey, Hi, Andy. Hello, Andy. Hello. <laughs> also over on uh, Cinema Queens with a good friend, Chris. Hey, Chris. Hi, Chris. Hi, Chris. Hi, Chris. Hi, Chris. Uh, yeah, my birthday is this weekend, and I will be 38, or as we're calling it, two Clarks. Uh, Clarks. <laughs> Clark squared. Clark. Yeah, Clark squared, exactly. So I think... <sighs> I would have named my birthday party that, but I might have pissed some people off. So, Sure. Uh, not well, that I really care about that anymore, but still.
2: You don't give a fuck.
4: I am out of fucks to give.
2: Uh, and hey, I'm Brian. I'm a sound designer based out of Southern California and a cat herder on this show and on English class hooligans. Um, and yeah, so uh, I, I do shit, but I can't talk about it. Um, oh, and I'm now a grad student. That's the other fun thing. Hey, let yeah. it go. All <clears> we can point- tell
4: you is that he does not work for the government.
2: I, not yet.
4: <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> Which government are we
3: talking about?
2: Yeah, no, it, it is the evil empire. Wait, doesn't
3: um, an evil empire actually, like, run a city and, like, owns a city down in the, you know, the little dick of America?
2: I, yes, they uh, they do, yes. That yeah. Is true.
3: The dick of America, is that Florida? Since it kind of jets out from the... Yeah. It's, it's an old penis. stupid joke. It's America's little penis there, this little floppy and flaccid.
4: Actually, yeah. Patton Oswald said it better. It's not the, the flaccid dick of America. It's actually a, a pustuline boil Okay, needs oh, to yeah. be lanced and drained into the ocean. That, it's <laughs> where the old people move to die. Yes. And fuck up elections.
2: Yes. Todd, who was it that it was a, there was a... I think it was K-Bear. They used to have a radio station that they would do a, a quiz every week that was Germany or Florida and they would re- read a really crazy news story and you'd have to guess if it took place in Germany <laughs> or
3: Florida. Oh, that's fantastic. I'm guessing it was thought- Florida. You know, yeah, well, though, no it
2: wasn't and sometimes they'd throw you off because sometimes there'd be an alligator involved and you would assume there'd be florida but it was actually germany
3: <laughs> so florida has to report everything with the way their laws are set up and make them searchable most states don't so a lot of people's like look at all this crazy shit happening in florida but they've got uh transparency laws for police blotters and a number of other things that are coming through that makes things highly searchable and easy to find Oh, that makes
2: a lot of sense. And many
3: states don't have those similar laws. So, is there crazy shit in Florida? By all means,
2: but But is it it, statistically more than other places? Potentially not.
3: Potentially not. It's just exposed. So that's what you get
4: for exposing yourself, Florida. Which is the (laughs) one of my one of my favorite sayings is you know tell people you love them to show them that life has hope. But screaming at them in uh, German so they can know that life is terrifying.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and confusing.
4: Yes. And confusing, yes.
2: Yeah. Uh, cool. Well, Speaking of terrifying and confusing, actually, let me get my... I, I did this all in the wrong order last week. Let me pull out my list so I can actually oh. do this
0: all
4: Let me whip this thing out. Let, excuse me while I whip <laughs> this it's it it out. It's not an
3: itinerary. It is an agenda.
2: There, uh, I, I just call it show order. Um, but, yes. But, uh, yeah. Okay, so before we get into this book intro what we're dealing with here is a book about um the significant other of a lesser known hero being killed and it causing a panic through the ranks of the superhero world as they scramble to try to a find the killer and b protect their loved ones as other attempts are taken and things like that happen. Does that seem fair as a very brief intro without spoiling anything?
1: <clears throat> yeah, I would just yeah. add that uh, Dirty Laundry, Hero's Dirty Laundry also comes out and cause, causes problems.
2: Yes, absolutely.
0: Myification.
2: How would you classify this as a myification? Um, it, it's for mature audiences. Mature. Mature, who don't giggle uh, at dick and fart jokes. Or yeah, there aren't there are a lot of dick and fart jokes in this book. It's it's not. It's quite not Watchmen Pope. It's not Battle Pope. It's but it's also not quite Watchmen It's not quite uh, Watchmen, but it is. It, it's, it's closer Pope. to Watchman than it is to Battle Pope, though. Right. So silly.
3: I mean, it's very much a superhero book in the title and the drawings, but the themes are quite the departure.
4: Would you say it's a ho- yeah. superhero book or a superhero crick? The fuck out
3: of
0: here! <laughs> <laughs> I was <laughs> gonna wonder
2: if you were gonna call him on that shit or not. I didn't say anything. <laughs> that's fair. I'm not anyway. drinking enough. Well apparently you need to drink some more. Because yes. guess what? It's time for drinking games. Woo! Woo! I'm on Cold Medication Kids. It's gonna be wacky. Ooh, is it the good uh, stuff they can
3: make? Hey, I hear it? that's the follow-up band to Cold War Kids or the Cold Medication Kids. What did you think of Cold War Kids? We uh, really now you can that. get the fuck out of here. It's <laughs> you
1: just know, me and Brian
3: now. <laughs> yeah. I enjoyed Cold War Kids. The uh, the mix was interesting. The uh, yeah. what I heard was a singer. A piano with a little bit of drums and everyone else did not matter.
2: Yeah, that's that sort of was. Yeah, the mix wasn't necessarily great, but it was a festival stage, so I, I don't blame those kind of things on the band. I always no. blame those on the engineer. Right,
3: and the the lighting made me crazy.
2: Yeah, I also a festival. It was a up.
3: festival thing, but I'd say the uh, band from the previous night did not have that. But I guess they were the headliners.
2: Well, they were also set up further back on the stage. Yeah,
3: that's true too. But uh, the so. uh, Empire of the Sun had a very different thing going on.
2: Yeah, they did. But they—I mean—they had like a—they had a whole other weird. That was a whole other different animal. We, we'll discuss that later, right, probably. Yeah.
0: Drinking game.
2: For drinking game rules, uh, we'll start with Mr. Maya, the birthday boy.
1: So my drinking game is called "What Did You Do, Ray?" <laughs> uh, basically, anytime someone confronts someone else about a questionable action that they've recently taken or taken in the past, once it comes out. And it has double meaning because the atom is in this. Right. Well and
2: and the atom references my, uh, <laughs> my my drinking game rule actually. So mine, I'm calling Shrinky Dink, which is every time someone changes shape or uh, size, take a drink. Mm-hmm. Which also will uh, reference to the elongated man, Mr. Adam. What
4: is your drinking game rule? So mine is called Who Do You Think You Are, Doctor Manhattan. Uh, Every time that uh, scene occurs, either before or after the present time, and it's like six minutes until now or 20 minutes from now, uh, take a drink.
2: And Mr. Todd? Mine is the why so
3: serious. So every time something happens in the book where people are like glum and serious about the shitty things that happen, you need to take a drink. Just once per page, though.
2: (laughs) So take a drink for the sads. Yes. So now it is time for our new feature. Um, We are creating a playlist of songs for you to listen to while you uh, read this <clears throat> book playlist we'll go again once again with the uh, with the birthday boy Mr. Maya uh,
1: so for reasons that'll become apparent when we actually talk about the book uh, I picked Where Is My
3: Mind by the Pixies which
2: I think mm-hmm. is like the third time that that song has appeared on these playlists actually. is it really? Yeah. What's
3: interesting with that, I went and saw Pixies in concert. They opened for Weezer and my wife is currently under my a condition. wife, My wife. My wife. Yes, and so Pixies and Weezer played. While Pixies were playing, the little fetus was dancing all around and moving a shit ton. Weezer wow. came out.
4: Nothing. Because <laughs> one band is better than the other, so. Your kid nothing. is a snob. <laughs> yes. So, okay.
3: for a hot minute there, we were playing with the idea of what if we just name her Pixie. What about a cold
2: minute? That would be cool. It is, but you know, it's it's a fun. That's, it's a, a, that's a that's a fucked up adult name, but it's a cute kid name.
3: It is, and you you need someone with a strong personality to embrace the name for it to work well. Otherwise, I'm just a. So asshole. their
1: initials are PP.
3: I'm toilet paper, <laughs> and Amy is an app. I'd rather be an app than toilet paper or PP. I'm seeing. My middle name is actually Parker, so either I was PP or TP or TPP. Mm-hmm. So.
2: Or they could have given you a middle name of like Oswald, and you could have been Top.
3: Well, my mother one originally wanted to name me Logan, so thank you, Dad. Or if if you were British and had like four
1: names, and your first name was with an H, you could be HTTP.
4: Yeah, now it's time for you to get the last. <laughs> it's if Joss Brian now. None of us. All right, Brian's doing the show by himself. So. <laughs> See ya. But you can be HTTPSquire Esquire and you can be HTTPS.
2: Fuck me, right? Ugh. Mr. Todd, what's your what's your come to me last?
4: Fuck. No, no, You
2: just keep the order like you said. Okay, fine. I'll keep the order then. Mr. Adam.
4: Uh, mine is uh, from Deadpool 2 Ashes by Celine Dion. Okay.
2: <laughs> um, mine is... That's sort of dark in a fucked up way. And, and beautiful
4: way. <laughs> but maybe uh, the techno remix. I don't know. Whichever one you prefer.
2: I, I know. This one Adam's going to appreciate. I'm doing Brain Stew by Green Day.
4: That's actually one of the only Green Day songs I don't like. <laughs> yeah, but it's Way just to go, Green Brian.
3: Day. Well, it's you the one. What? The best one is when you have Godzilla screaming in it.
2: I do like that version actually. Have you heard that version? I don't think so. No. it's on the Godzilla soundtrack,
3: and it was the best thing about all of it.
2: Yeah, like it had like some symphony strings in it and all sorts of stuff. Um, you know, it's. It it's has the of, P Diddy
3: Puff Daddy come to me, whatever it was. You know, their cashmere. Oh, that that yeah, that one was. That's
4: a terrible song. Sure. I just know I got the uh, the, the Batman Forever soundtrack for the Seal song.
1: Oh, and uh, the U2 no, the one- song.
4: Hold no, me, throw it, me,
1: kiss me, kill me. I
2: also, no, isn't uh, I thought "Hold me, Thrill me, kiss me, kill me" was actually a, a Pink or Smashing Pumpkins song. Nope. Nope, that's you two. Which one was the Smashing Pumpkins one that was on? Was the beginning Batman is the a... end. Is the beginning is the beginning. Oh, uh, and that was Batman and Robin. huh? Yeah.
4: Okay, wrong movie. Okay. Yeah. Well, and Billy like Corgan is kind of crazy. And right that also. was the
3: song that was also used in the Watchmen trailer. Mm-hmm. Slow down, and you know, Snyderified. I do like the Bob Dylan song that opens the movie
2: Watchmen. Yeah. Oh yeah, the and then the uh, it's yeah. Uh, d- yeah, Demolition Road or whatever it is. No, the, the times Time are changing. changing. Times are changing. That's right. And then, uh, but there's a Bob Dylan cover by um, My Chemical, my Chemical Romance. Romance on the soundtrack of mm. Watchmen as well. Okay, this is your uh, superhero movie soundtrack podcast where we uh, analyze all the soundtracks for superhero and pop culture movies. All right. yeah. So my uh, song
3: choice is a little bit fucked up, but we'll go with it. More fucked up than okay. Ashes. Um, it's all the things she said by Tattoo. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
4: Oh, I didn't even think about the significance of Ashes until it just <laughs> Oh my God. I didn't even, that didn't even cross my head. And I was like, why is that fucking up? It's just about, you know, and like, oh.
2: Oh, oh. See, now you're following me. Yes. Anyway. Okay, okay.
0: Final warnings.
2: Okay, so do we have any final warnings for people before we go into our uh, little intermission break thingamajiggy.
1: If you want to read a feel good book This, this is not read the book, book for you.
4: No. Uh, I will I will actually give a warning uh, because it kinda of took me by surprise. There is uh over like the first issue or two, uh pretty graphic rape scene. So yeah. if that's something that uh you need to prepare yourself for, or something you don't want to handle. I would skip over that part. Yeah,
2: it's there's the a trigger warning for that for second sure. Second
4: issue. Yeah. So, um, and it's it's not really relevant to the story. I think we'll, we'll talk about it when we get into it. So.
2: Yes. Also, warning that this book is very divisive from what I've been been told. And I, can, Todd and I discussed it briefly as he was driving over here, um, but uh, we'll we'll get into that as well. There'll probably be a discussion as to why this is as divisive as it is. Um, oh, fuck. We didn't do votes. I did this in completely the wrong order. We didn't. Hey, it's like we... someone should have an order list in front of them. Shut
4: the fuck. Up. <laughs> um, okay. Brian, I get the fuck it. out of here. No one's doing the <laughs> podcast now. I know. We'll, we'll invite uh, Sierra and Eddie over. They can do the podcast.
2: There you go. Just let them handle it. Uh, uh, <laughs> that would be uh, very entertaining, very interesting. Uh, speaking of which, I don't. I, I show. I sent it to Adam, but we got the weirdest. I don't know if I call it a fan letter or not. Uh, oh no! From an ex- excited. Oh, yeah. Well, well, we'll get into that after the break. Um, I'll pull it up after. But let's do votes as to whether or not we believe that it's worth you, our dear listeners, hard-earned time, money, and effort to uh, go and hunt this book down and give it a read.
0: Validity votes. Uh,
2: so, Mr. Todd, what is your vote? Yes. Mr. Adam. Yes. Um, I'm a yes. Uh, Mr. Maya, what is yours? Yes. Okay. No. Now. see. Oh, So we all think that you should read it Although it is a divisive book Apparently we'll get into that Anything else that we want to warn people about Or is that pretty good there
4: Um, I think we kind of covered the one big thing People should know about going in So,
2: Okay well so then we will take a brief break This is your time to uh, read the book If you haven't done so already Um, Also serves as a warning that we are going to Spoil the shit out of it So spoilers be ahead me matey Yeah,
4: Uh,
2: Yeah we will spoil it all over the place Like sour milk and Enzo makes a sauerkraut.
4: No, that's cr- no, that's gross. <laughs> that's- I'm not- uh, also, that's not how they make sauerkraut. Just in case you were wondering, for our listeners, how do they make sauerkraut? They like, put a bunch of cabbage with like dog shit and let it ferment.
2: Oh, I was I was expecting some sort of joke out of that. Actually,
4: they stick it up. Uh, never mind, I'm not gonna go
2: there. Yeah, no, we won't. Yeah, we won't go there. Okay. So anyway, when we get back, we will spoil it. So you've been warned. We'll see you on the flip side.
4: Flippy, foofy.
2: Flippy, Flippy, Flippy.
0: If you have yet to read this week's book and would like to read it now, press pause. Go ahead. We'll wait. Hey there, are you queer or some variation of it?
3: Well, I'm Chris, and this is my co-host, Adam. And, and welcome, welcome to Cinema, cinema queens, queens, where we talk about queer cinema. Each week, we watch beloved queer classics, discuss them, review them, and cover a whole cluster of topics from our favorite scenes, what they mean to us, how it relates to
4: our current world, and the best part, the cherry on top of the Sunday happens to be... Gay rant! So prepare your air holes! Hey, listen to us queens talk cinema. New episodes drop every Monday on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Bye-bye! Bye.
2: Oh, so, okay, so I have an ex-girlfriend of mine mm. who I got this message from on uh, on Instagram, right? So, um, and this is from the episode that our friend uh, Jason was on, so that me and Jason ended up both dating this girl at the same time, which will explain one of the comments she said here. So, she wrote... Axel Tower. Uh, no, not at the same time, thank God. That
4: would have been the way Triangle. too awkward. Game a Devil's Triangle. Oh, Yeah.
2: Uh, uh, yeah, okay, that's... well, that's a drinking game. Yes, uh, yes.
3: We, we know so because a Supreme Court justice informed me about that.
2: Uh, she wrote, so I've started listening to your podcast, dot, 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 two things. <laughs> number one, y'all are hilarious, dot, dot, dot. So congratulations to all of you. I'm, I'm putting that on you more than me. Um, and number two. It's fucking strange to hear two of my exes nerding out on a podcast <laughs> and then an emoji with it crying. So there you go. I I can imagine how awkward that was. I also told her that I would laugh my ass off if she posted that as a review on iTunes uh, because that would be like my favorite, thing, my favorite review ever on iTunes would be that. Yeah, his
1: friend that was on...
2: Jason. Jason. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> Jason, who was going to try to do this week's episode as well, but he's busy. He's, he's going to come back at some point in time. Okay. But he's the... Uh, He's he's a he's writer friend who worked on... Daredevil. Uh, Daredevil,
3: yeah. Is he? Daredevil, yeah. gig going? He's what? He's got another gig going on.
2: He's always bouncing between things. He's, uh, he's a writer, so he's always working weird hours. Member of the gig economy? Gig economy, for sure. <clears throat> so... I hate that term. I, I kind of understand that. Uh, well, let's jump into, because I know people have places to go and yes. things to do. i stuff to see. important.
4: I
0: know.
2: I know. Es muy importante. So, Mr. Birthday Boy, Mr. Maya, will you do the honors and give us a brief, spoilery summary as to what this book entails?
0: Plot Summary.
2: Uh, so the book starts off with
1: Elongated Man, whose powers are very similar to Plastic Man, but they are different. Uh, Elongated Man and another kind of D-Less character, Firehawk, out on patrol. Uh, Elongated Man and Firehawk are talking and he's like, yeah, my wife always likes to do a mystery for my, for my birthday. Uh, cause, because he is a detective whose skills I would say are on par with Batman when it comes to actual detecting. And she's like, well, your birthday isn't for a few months. And he's like, yeah, she thinks she's doing it to throw me off. In between this whole conversation, while they're out on patrol, we kind of see... He tells Firehawk the story of how they met. Uh, we get nice little family scenes, like between Clark Kent and his parents, where he, you know, shows his mom, like, hey, I found this check you mailed in. You know, you don't have to pay for a subscription. And she's like, well, I'm going to keep sending it back. Um, there's a theme with Dick Grayson in uh, Starfire um where he's kind of visiting his parents grave on their birthday just kind of little personal scenes in between all of this uh elongated man and firehawk are watching this box which they think might have guns in it or something uh some some gang members look like they're gonna sell them then uh also kind of in between all this we see his wife getting ready for the party uh she hears the noise and says hello is anyone there And a few pages later, uh, she calls Ralph, all scared. And he ends up going to see her, like going to save her really fast. And by the time he gets there, she's dead. Uh, And then we see that someone had burned the body.
2: Hence the ashes reference, Mr. Adam. Thank you very much. And
1: not only was she murdered and burned, um, in her present to him that he she got for his birthday which was like this antique magnifying glass was also a pregnancy test saying that she was pregnant. Then the rest of the issue is just kind of people dealing with, you know, contacting the loved ones. Uh, Ray Palmer goes to his ex-wife, Jean Loring. A bunch of the other heroes are like at the crime scene kind of investigating uh, like the Metal Men, the Ray, Mr. Miracle, Batman, Green Arrow. Uh, we have the wedding, or not the wedding. Um, That's
3: kind of a fucked up wedding. Yeah. <laughs> more fucked up than the red wedding uh i don't know the purple was messed up too. the
1: funeral like wonder woman's choked up everyone's choked up uh elongated man and Sue dimney were kind of in the public's eye like they were kind of could be considered by some like the heart and soul of the hero community uh she was even a an honorary member of the justice league which they even said that even lois lane didn't have that uh, distinction uh Ralph goes to eulogize her, can't hold his shape together, starts bawling. In the end of the issue, uh, a, a group of the Justice League are together. After everyone leaves, they're all going to find uh, villains that are known for having either burning powers or burning people. And everyone else goes all their separate directions except this little group. And it's the group of the Justice When Ralph was a member of the Justice League, uh, it's that group. And he says, help me find Dr. Light." next issue, we see Ray Palmer is giving Gene a crossbow for protection. Uh, It cuts back to uh, Ralph and their Justice League, and Kyle Rayner and Wally West are there. They were, like, spying on them. Uh, They want to know why everyone else was assigned, you know, went after someone, but they didn't. And then they tell the story of the time that Dr. Light uh, managed to get onto the Justice League satellite. While Sue was up there, she was the only one up there. Uh, And Dr. Light proceeded to... Uh, rape her. And in the middle of the act is when uh, Barry Allen and Hal Jordan showed up and, and all the Justice Leaguers and they stopped him.
2: They beat the living shit they, out of him, as you the do. The fuck yeah.
1: out of him. So that's that's why they're looking for Dr. Light because Ralph thinks that maybe for that uh, he's the one that murdered Sue Dibney. They end up, uh, they're, they're still telling more of the story. Dr. Light is crazy, like, I'll, I'll find you again, blah, blah, blah. And then they decide to use the Tana to uh, kind of go against their code. They take a vote, and uh, the vote ends up going the way of basically wiping Doctor Light's mind, so he doesn't remember anything. Um, but not only did they do that, they went a bit further and kind of lobotomized a little, lobotomized him a little. Um, so if you've read comics uh, where Doctor Light kind of was a joke of a villain, uh, that's how they explain that because he. Was, they basically changed his character.
2: Yeah, which they, I think at some point in time they referenced that they said somebody says that how did he get onto the uh, onto the satellite because he's always such a fucking moron and it was like oh well <laughs> we kind of made that made him that, uh, that moron that he is. Um, then we get to a
1: scene that's kind of like the villains' version of the satellite and there's a whole bunch of villains hanging out um, throughout this whole book. Uh, They're always talking to the calculator, which is basically the villain's version of Oracle, and he's giving them different jobs, giving them different pieces of information. Uh, They end up finding Dr. Light, and he has Deathstroke for protection. Uh, They end up fighting, and Deathstroke ends up taking out uh, the majority of the Justice League, just because he is super smart. He uses 90% of his brain, whereas most normal people only use about 10%. Doctor Midnight also finds or er, discovers that Sue Dimney didn't die from being burned alive as they had thought, that she was dead before the burning of the body. And that was just used to throw people off. Kinda skipped around there. Justice League fighting Deathstroke. He takes them all out. And then in the middle of the fight, Doctor something happens that triggers Doctor Light's memory and he remembers everything. Uh, and we see a scene there with a character that wasn't there before, and that's Batman. Then Doctor Light kind of blows up. They uh, Doctor Light and Deathstroke get away. Everyone wakes up and Superman's there, uh, kind of helping them all up. Uh, and then they talk about how they had wiped other villains' mem- memories before, not necessarily lobotomizing them, but wiped their memories because they had found out their identities throughout the years. Um, they explain it as a reason uh, that Ollie and Hawkman had always been fighting. To which walu is like, "I thought it was just. I thought you guys were just fighting about politics, not." because of, of this incident uh then we switch to captain boomerang he uh has been given information that he has a son uh that he didn't know about or he did and just didn't uh, he just found the, got the information of where his son is and this kid walks up to the car and is like are you waiting for someone and he's like nah and then kind of ends there uh, and we get a scene between robin and his dad and for those of you that listen to our war games episodes that's This takes place in that time where Tim Drake Tim Drake's dad didn't want him being robbed. Um, Yep. And then the issue ends with someone attacking Ray Palmer's ex-wife, Jean Lorning, and it looks like they're hanging her off the back of a door. He managed to call Ray in time. He uses his subatomic Where he goes subatomic, travels through the phone, and manages to save her. They look through her her apartment, much like the Dibneys. There's no sign of forced entry. No, like, all the windows were locked. Doors are locked. They don't know how someone got in there. Uh, Then we jump back to Captain Boomerang. He's still outside his son's house. His son comes up and is like, hey, you're Captain Boomerang, aren't you? Are you my dad? So, like, he knows who his dad is. Uh, They end up kind of having a father-son moment, which is funny because... If you only know Captain Boomerang from, like, the CW shows or from Suicide Squad, he is not a fit guy. He's Mm -hmm. kind of dumpy and fat and kind of a joke. Batman is trying to figure out who the murderer is by asking the question, who who has the most to gain from attacking, uh, you know, the loved ones of the heroes? Green Arrow goes to talk to Hal Jordan, who at this time was dead and was the Spectre. This is before he came back, before Geoff Johns brought him back. Uh, and, Jeff, and he's just basically like, I know who it is, uh, but I can't help you just because a higher power kind of controls the specter and it won't let him, or won't let him say anything. Uh, and then that issue ends with Lois Lane at work getting a note saying, I know who your husband is, and the S is in the Superman shield. And it says, You're next. Uh, and we get the next issue starts off with the heroes taking down kind of the good chunk of the villains we've seen throughout the issue, kind of hanging out Deadshot, Merlin. A bunch of others. Ray Palmer and his wife have gotten back together kind of, or at least because of the events they've uh, fallen back into bed. Who knows if they've fallen back into love, but then we get Captain Boomerang having more father-son time teaching his son how to throw a boomerang. Uh, son is a prodigy at it, and then he throws a boomerang. It's headed right for his dad, and he en- we end up finding out that he also has super speed, and he ends up saving the senior Captain Boomerang. Next we have Tim Drake and his dad. His dad's basically saying like, I know I don't like you doing this but you gotta do it. Go, go save people. And he leaves and Tim Drake's father finds a box that has a note with his name on it and the R in the Drake is, looks like the Robin signal and it has a gun in it that says protect yourself uh, and kind of from there someone breaks into Tim, Tim Drake's house and we find out it's Captain Boomerang. And they, Captain Boomerang throws a razor-tip boomerang. At the same time, Tim, Drake shoot, or Tim Drake's dad shoots, and they both die. Robin and Batman are rushing back home. Uh, Tim Drake gets there just in time to see his dad's dead body. He knows he's dead, but he still tries to save him. And there's a really good panel there of Batman hugging Tim Drake while he's just wrecked
2: he is ugly crying. Uh, yeah, he is. just
1: more of kind of getting the point across of you know what what happens when people's loved ones are or the superheroes loved ones are attacked uh, kind of their their feelings we get back to dr. light this is there's some foreshadowing there there are seeds in this book that kind of set up a lot of stuff that happened throughout all of DC months after this uh, but we kind of see dr. light contemplating things Um and then we find out the other deep dark secret Uh, when they mind wiped and lobotomized Dr. Light, Batman was there and he didn't want anything to do with it and was super angry so they mind wiped, the Justice League mind wiped Batman as well Uh, which is a big no-no and is what what leads or led to a bunch of distrust he had of his own teammates and and spying on them and uh, that's stuff for later down the road Um, but then we get back to Dr. Midnight he notices he's doing the autopsy on Sue's brain and he ends up seeing little footprints in her brain so we know that someone killed her by standing on her brain which caused like an aneurysm and that's how she died then the issue ends with Ray and Gene kind of back in bed kind of falling back for each other Uh, and then we get to the end which is uh, Everyone everyone thinks it's Ray, but then you find out that it's his ex-wife, Jean, that did it. She didn't mean to kill Sue. She was just trying to scare her uh, because she wanted Ray back in her life. Uh, she wanted to scare, you know, the heroes into kind of caring for their loved ones again. And Jean is super crazy and tries to justify it and said that she brought an extra weapon just in case. Killing Sue was an accident, but she burned the body afterwards to make it look like it know kind of throw the trail off um she gets locked up in arkham the justice league has this big secret now of the mind wipes that's not quite uh kosher with everyone that knows about it and they hint that batman knows um they don't explicitly say it in this but he knows he knows what happened um the heroes it just kind of ends with people being with their loved ones and then we end with ralph dindy in bed talking like he's talking to his wife we don't know if he's crazy or just sad or both but uh it ends with him using his elongated arm to turn the light off on her side of the bed the end
0: analysis Do
2: you want to discuss the uh or, or tell me why why this book became so divisive amongst comic book fans you and mike probably both chime in on that um, one.
3: So there is a lot of strong feelings about <coughs> this book, I imagine. Maya. I'm, I'm waiting for Maya to dissent. He'll say it out loud when he starts dissenting, I guess, right? Yeah. <laughs> so this um, book has strong feelings on both sides. There are many people on both sides of this issue. Uh, uh, many many fine there
2: are many fine people on, here,
3: people on both sides. No, um, part of it, a lot of this comes through. This was one of the first major projects Dan DiDio did after coming on board to DC. So he's the current publisher. Of DC Comics, so our, if our things are good and bad. So Dan DeDio pretty much directs the editors, so the editors do and watch the bidding, and Dan tells the editors what's going on. It um it very much is a death of childhood moment in time. So it's like Old Yeller dying, among other things. Is this is really one of the? Um, it's a major comic book that is where is my fun? Go happy, go lucky. I it's it's such a serious topic. I mean, we're looking at. Murder and rape and cover-ups, and it's just adult
2: and um, emotional manipulation manipulation. and
3: uh, and psychological manipulation. Adults behaving badly, so people are coming through as, "Where's my awesome Batman, Superman stories?"
1: Well, a lot of my heroes I like are kind of shitty.
3: Yeah, and they're like, "Well, this was what was expedient at the time," and you're like where is the um and part of the big challenge with the dc for the longest time is um kind of like a gods among men they are the held up ideal and adventures the held up ideal goes through they're not as
1: relatable as say like a 16 year old peter parker that has bad yeah marvel goes
3: here's a dude that gets powers versus here is on a yeah batman's a guy batman's a god you can say whatever you want he's a god money can make you a god but, Which is superpower I'm uh, money, I'm rich, <laughs> and there really is not there. So, but you've got this here, and then people go, DC, what are you doing to the comics that I love? Now you're having make me face things I don't want to be facing or addressing, and it really makes the readers uncomfortable. And so, you'll see a lot of people go, I real this is like the worst book ever written or ever made because it kind of changed comics in a significantly huge way.
1: This, like, like I kind of mentioned before, this led into. So many seeds from this led into so many things that led. It ended up leading into Infinite Crisis, which it Mm -hmm. like this was kind of the. There were a few other like little hints here and there, but this is kind of the first big thing that really
3: led into this like two year story they were telling. By all means, it's got crisis in the title. DC doesn't use the word crisis lightly. Yeah, so (laughs) I know that recently from reading Heroes in Crisis. So with the word crisis in it, it's a it's a it's a personal story on this one it's, it's not multi-universe thing going on but it's definitely a crisis of the dc universe and i mean it's the perfect um title for it because it is the identity of what is dc comics and which way are they going this is much a referendum as the publishing house as it can it be used to describe that or, or even the individual characters too yeah, it's got a like layered with meaning
1: Talk about, you know, heroes You know, how does it reflect on their identity If, you know, I'm a hero, I do good But, oh, you yeah. saw something you shouldn't have seen So we're gonna wipe your mind and think it's okay That's right Oh, but you were really awful You did it My superheroes don't behave this way you, What you, are you doing? You crossed the line, so we're gonna dumb you down a little bit, too By getting into your brain
3: Right so it becomes a whole thing you see reasons like my heroes I know and love don't behave this way you guys are all wrong why are you fucking this
4: up well it's an important thing to realize because I mean <clears throat> yeah we look at like kind of before this Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman you know all of the mainstay of DC characters
0: mm-hmm. you
4: know there was a very set thing of right and wrong so like you know Joker was bad Batman was good because Batman doesn't kill Batman doesn't use guns Unless uh, he does. Unless he does, but yeah. Does, but yeah. Uh, in, in general, you know, that's kind of the, yeah. the thing he's he's known for. There wasn't a whole lot of gray area. In yeah, theory. exactly. Yes. Good and bad. It was good and bad. It was Les Luthor bad. Superman remain good. And, you know, then with this coming out, you know, you, all of a sudden it's like, okay, so just because you're a good person, like we said, doesn't mean you can't do shitty things. And it kind of goes into the whole, like, do the ends justify the means, the greater good, and all that going forward. And you can definitely see an influence going forward I mean, you can just look at the whole Injustice world they built That was based off the, mm-hmm. the, the video mm-hmm. game Where Superman does go out and kill the Joker Because he ended up, by his actions, killing uh, Lois Lane And then he ends up becoming a fascist leader Yeah, it was yeah. basically What would happen if Superman actually was selfish And like, was vengeful And was a vengeful god And there, there's a whole long-going Injustice storyline That's been going kind of in tandem With one of the you know random DC universes But I don't think you would have seen that if this comic hadn't existed, or or mm-hmm. some big turning point happened in the DC world, and I'm still you know relatively new to DC. I mean, I've read a lot of it for this podcast, but in general, yeah. I, I read some Batman and Superman every so often. Uh, but the, the interesting thing with that is, if if you know people reading this who were you know our age back then, when we we're in early 20s, it's also kind of it applies to our lives back then because at that point in time in your life is when you really do start getting disillusioned. I mean, you mm-hmm. you turn 18, you move out, you go to college, you think you can conquer the world. You graduate college or you start working and it's all your mid 20s you're kind of like you're finally have enough experience to see to understand that yeah everything isn't black and white and two the people you look like maybe your parents you now not look them as flawed people not just these parents you looked up to mm. and three that i yeah, guess what life is pretty shitty and sometimes you have to do things you may not like to do um, or even agree with if it's going to be the at that point in time it is from your viewpoint the right thing to do because like wiping dr light wiping batman Doctor Light was more vengeful. Batman was. We have to do this, else, We're covering our asses. we covering our asses, but yeah, they did think they were doing the right thing. So, well, and
2: to play devil's advocate, or, it wasn't necessarily that they were wiping the memories for themselves or their self reasons. It was to protect their family members more than anything well, else. At least
4: Doctor Light uh, too. So,
0: mm-hmm.
4: All right, what was that? With Doctor Light, they were doing it more to be to to. For, they they did that to neutering See, to new- and then to neutering it was
2: more like the. well okay yeah i guess the neutering is a different thing but yeah but i guess when they talk about the other people that they've done it to they sort of imply that it was mainly when it was to
4: protect their
2: their it was to protect their family well which and there, there's an interesting commentary in here which i really like that they sort of briefly touch on where it was this idea that they don't wear masks to protect themselves but they wear masks to protect their family and friends yeah. and, which i think is actually kind of an interesting idea because if you look at it that makes a logical sense because logically speaking, if you were in fear of your own safety enough to wear a mask, then why would you go out and risk yourself to do this anyway? You know what I mean? Uh, So, so that kind of makes sense as to why they wear masks. It's kind of an interesting, different perspective. Like, that, that isn't necessarily always brought up which I thought was kind of just an interesting statement that I that was just something that stuck out to me that I really quite liked
4: uh, anybody else have any thoughts so I, I the one thing I brought up as far as the the warning at the beginning was that you know there is a, a graphic rape scene no there's no nudity but you can very much see what's going and the whole mm-hmm. act is focusing on the victim's face and what she's going through and Okay, we look at this. This is a book from 14 years ago, and I think hopefully yeah. we've kind of gone it away from... It doesn't
1: even feel like it's been that long since this book came out.
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it, I, w- I would say if you look at newer stuff, especially with Gail Simone doing so much now, you probably wouldn't see this kind of story in, in a book um, unless it actually was truly 100% relevant because, I mean, back then the thing was, okay, what's the worst thing you do to a woman or
0: mm-hmm.
4: is rape them? We didn't even stop thinking about the fact that men can get raped too. And really, it was like, yes, this explains what a horrible person Dr. Light is, but you could have shown that in a completely different way. Um, because again, why? I mean, I I just got out watching a movie. Uh, when this comes out, it'll be in theaters for a while. Called Boy Erased. Mm-hmm. It's a basically an autobiography of a kid who was the son of a pastor, realized he was gay, and was put into gay conversion therapy. Um, before all this happens, he's being interviewed to like you know write down your sins. Basically, like, you know what have you done? To, um, with uh, someone of the same sex that would be considered sinful, and he writes this guy's name down, I think it's Henry, and you find out this was a guy who was uh, from a different church, that they went to college together, they were really good friends. One night Henry spends the night and uh, rapes him, rapes the, the main character. And so for for the purpose of, the, of that story, and because it was the person telling his own story, it was relevant to what was happening, what was going on. But again, with this, it yes, it showed something really horrible and disgusting that happened to a purely innocent person, but I can guarantee you if it had been a male character, you never would have seen that until like later on with yeah. Nightwing with, um, what's her name? Tarantula. Carantula, which even that, which I this,
1: know. this is within like the same, probably two years. Yeah. that happened.
4: Which I don't agree with either. Cause again, yeah. there, mm-hmm. there's better ways to show that someone's a horrible, despicable person. Um, but... so they could have,
1: this is really shitty to put, say like, just saying something like this, they could have
4: done something different. Like just had him really beat the shit out of her or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. exactly and maybe put her like push she was in a coma for X amount of time and that's why they you know this, they think she might have been dying so that's why we're gonna go after him but there's better ways to put someone in peril than... or, or even like he wants to scare her but not hurt her and he like
1: pushes her and she hits her head and then like goes into a coma and they're like what the fuck did you do to her and right
4: and it, that would have been a better way to handle it but we, we talked about with reason books earlier that you know these are still somewhat a product of their times mm-hmm. so for back then you know people weren't quite as a, you know open-minded or understanding of you know especially ever since with the me too movement more and more people are realizing that yes this does happen and no it's not appropriate to use this as you know your driving point to put someone in trauma so
2: yeah there there is even reading it now from a modern perspective there is a certain there's definitely not even certain there's a lot of sort of fridging of women you know in this book and that's the 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 bummer of it is is that like it, it really pretty much is the epitome of that where it's you know using you know the, the the loved ones in these people's lives as the excuse to make the like to drive the action, so they become the victims, so that the heroes have a reason to do something. But the, you know what I mean? Like that's it's
4: that's part of the shitty yeah, part. it It's all Virginia Damsel. So
2: <clears throat> yeah,
4: I'll just say one last thing. Because I've been talking for a bit, and I'll shut up. Yeah, I really enjoyed the fact that you know this does feature a lot of the characters of the Justice League, but the Holy Trinity isn't really in it that much. Mm-hmm. you know
0: they, they what yeah. woman's
4: in it briefly superman shows up he's more on the farm working with his mom Pa Ken. uh so it was for me it was fun to see characters that i'm not as familiar with taking the main storyline and running with it uh because i i'm a green arrow i know from the tv show arrow which is completely different from what we're getting here <laughs> hmm. um and it was just it was kind of fun to see the people who aren't always the focus of these stories getting to have their moment to shine and do something interesting
1: like to Kind of keeping them out of the story almost keeps them as them being the, like, shining beacon in the DC universe. Like, Mm -hmm. having them not have this dirty laundry kind of still keeps them the moral compass, uh, having the Trinity kind of stay out of it.
2: Well, I mean, and that's probably a lot to do with the purpose as to why they did it that way. Sure. Can you, can to... you
1: imagine the the uproar if they would have had, like, Superman be the one
4: to be like, let's wipe their mind. Yeah. <laughs> well, and again, we couldn't, you know, we, we'd have that nowadays with the Injustice world. But back then, yeah. that's, you know, that was, they had to, you know, keep that beacon on them and be like, hey, these are our, our stars who, who we are held to a higher standard and here's why kind of thing.
2: Yeah, I think that if you had them too terribly, like, I also just don't see Wonder Woman putting up with that you know what I mean like yeah, I don't think if she was around she would have allowed all that to happen they, they either, would have had to wipe her know? mind
1: too if she would have been there
2: and super yeah which which I don't know if they have the well maybe she does have the ability I guess because superman is vulnerable to magic yeah so they
4: probably could have done
2: it that leads into this whole other fucked up thing as to what well, horrible things have other people done that we don't know about or that they've been told made to forget about And then, it, I mean it does open up the world of very interesting possibilities as far as stories go Mm-hmm.
0: Cocktails.
2: Because he always goes last, we'll leave Todd for last because he wants to be last on everything today. Uh, Mr. Maya, birthday boy, what is your cocktail? Uh,
1: I'm keeping with the theme of the book, and my my drink is a mind eraser, which is two ounces of vodka, two ounces of coffee liqueur, uh, two ounces of club soda, Uh, add the coffee liqueur and vodka into a rocks glass over ice, top it with club soda, serve with a straw, and Adam said he got it once at a bar in... It said that you
4: had to, like, drink it all in one go. Yeah, you put so, the straw at the bottom, and you suck as hard as you can to get all of it out.
2: Uh, I just <laughs> wanted to see you suck as hard as you can. Yeah, Probably.
4: In a public place. Yeah, this, this
1: wasn't, exactly. this wasn't on the, the, that wasn't on the recipe that I found, but if you want to do it, go for it.
2: Okay, well, mine's in a similar sense, and so I will go next. I'm actually very proud of mine, to be honest with you. Yeah. Mine is uh, from a very famous bartender in Springfield named Moe. Uh, this is called the Forget <laughs> Me Shot. Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
2: so there are what is in the TV show referenced, and then there, the, this recipe has um, sort of uh, substituted other things, but we'll, we'll say what it is. Um, okay, so it is a quarter of an ounce of Jägermeister, a quarter of an ounce of slow gin, a quarter of an ounce of triple sec, a quarter, a quarter of ounce of quadruple sec, which they say you can do as triple sec with a few drops of orange flower water and orange bitters and then some gunk from a dead dog's eye, they say do a pinch of salt a quarter of an ounce of absolute pickle, which is um, they. I don't think that actually exists, but uh, they do a bar a spoon of vodka and a bar a spoon of pickle brine the red stripe from Fresh toothpaste and one drop of hot sauce, which I believe is supposed to be a, a scorpion um, so you add all the ingredients in your glass, stir with a pregnancy test until it's positive <laughs> drink and forget <laughs>
3: my god that's awesome
2: i'm very proud of that drink actually i oh. i wish the simpsons could create every cocktail for me because uh i was pretty happy about that one uh and then they sell them in simpsons land at universal yeah they don't they, i mean you can get uh duff beer but other than that they don't have i, I mean do they, have, they don't have a flaming mo either though i don't think of oh, a halo well i'm going down to florida i wonder if they I'll have to look to see if they have a simpsons land in florida as well i don't know if they do or not but it might be bigger. Uh, Mr. Adam, what is your cocktail?
4: Okay, so my cocktail is called the Shrinking Punch. Uh, So you're going to take a pitcher, fill it with ice. You're going to add two cups of vodka, four cups of cranberry juice, two cups of orange juice, one orange freshly squeezed, and two cups of seltzer water. Uh, You simply stir that, you ladle into a cup, and you garnish with an orange slice. Mm
2: -hmm. Okay. Um, And Mr. Todd, what is your cocktail?
3: Mine is the Lady in Red is what it's called it's a watermelon and a coconut rum cocktail so i'll read the ingredients to you real quick it's got a um you use about half of a watermelon a quarter cup of simple syrup a juice of a lemon um three generous splashes of coconut rum a small bunch of fresh mint leaves and ice cubes so if you're uh, making this up here what you need to do is you scoop out the watermelon flesh and you dice that so you just chop it up small, um, you blend it, and then you want to puree it, and then you put the pureed watermelon stuff back into the blender again. And you add your simple syrup, lemon juice, coconut rum, and mint leaves, and you pulse it a few more times, and um, put ice cubes in a glass and pour it over the ice cubes, and you've got your lady in red mixed cocktail drink.
2: That's uh, kind of like a watermelony mojito. Yeah, it is. Okay, sounds pretty tasty, actually.
0: Parting thoughts.
2: It's a mainstream
3: DC book and it really does deserve the mature rating. For most people, it's like, oh, my <laughs> get into Batman. There's a lot of stuff going, yeah, maybe not. But you know, like even giving younger kids the Court of Owls, I'm not too afraid of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As watch this sort of thing. And you can watch other things or Wonder Woman or Superman, you're just good to go. Um, oftentimes, the mature, or the harder side of DC is um, off label from their main imprint. But this is a, a major event in the heart of DC itself, and it's it's really kind of a uh, signal of things that changed, or what they're not afraid to they're not afraid to talk about certain things at times. Now, it is in the past, as people have said, it's dated itself by how it goes it goes at it, but it really takes a hard look of um, examine your heroes and are they should they be okay. Don't meet your heroes. Don't meet your heroes. It's like never buy your dream car because then it just becomes a car.
0: Final grades. Uh, first grade. First... Self-contained.
2: We will start with the birthday boy, Mr. Maya. Uh,
1: self-contained. Uh, I'm going to give it an A, even though it sets up other stuff. Um, those things aren't necessarily crucial to the this story wrapping up. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it kind of wrapped everything up and... Told what it needed to tell, so I'm going to give it an
2: A. Okay, um, I will agree with Mr. Maya for that very same reason. Uh, Mr. Adam,
4: uh, I'll go with an A as well. Just like Maya said, this you, know, you, you can pick this up, uh, and you know, there's a whole char- story arc, characters do develop, and yeah, you can. It does leave some threads dangling to go forward, but it's not necessary.
2: Okay, uh, Mr. Todd.
4: Yeah, it's the fawns
2: for that one. It's <laughs> yeah. Okay. Writing grade. For Brad Meltzer, uh,
4: what is your grade, Mr. Adam? Um, I'll go with an A as well. I mean, this was really well written. The characters I know, uh, I'm going to go with a B+. Plus, uh, just because, you know, the whole rape thing, I think that was unnecessary. But, I mean, aside from that, the characters are well well written. Uh, the story's interesting. I'm still kind of not sure how I feel about, uh, the, the, you know, his ex-wife being the killer in the long run. Uh, just because it was nice to see someone who wasn't a traditional DC supervillain doing this but at the same time it was kind of like I don't know I, I felt like it could have it's kind of a meh about the wife being the killer could,
1: could that have been why it took them so long to find her because they wouldn't have even thought that it was one of their own that well because yeah. I mean
4: they were off
2: chasing off their own red herrings and like even the readers taken off on all these red herrings for quite a while you know what I mean
4: oh, yeah. no and I, I did like that I just it kind of felt like I don't know it was just it was kind of weird for me that's all
2: no that makes sense uh, Mr. Todd. You
4: didn't love it, you didn't hate it, but it was weird for you.
3: Mm-hmm. That part of it was yeah. yeah. I give it an A minus. It um Adam makes some very salient points on there. It's kind of aged itself in a rough way, so it's a sign of the times. I don't think it has nearly the kind of issues that say um Dickens does trying to read Dickens today Dickens <laughs> god awful.
2: Yeah.
3: So um so the subject matter and how they went about it is rough, but the writing itself was uh, crisp and salient. So A minus.
2: Well, um, I'm gonna go with a B plus. Um, mainly, it's the the fridging um, within it that I kind of. Other than that, like I think what he did technically, I think was very good. Um, but yeah, there's just a little bit of issue of you know, and and I I kind of understand. That it was part part of his focus was making the family members the important part as to why the superheroes were being protective of things and trying to show that. But that part of it was a little unsettling. Um, but uh, outside of that, I liked it, uh, Mister Maya. Uh,
1: I'm gonna go with an A minus, uh, pretty much for everything that's been said. Um, other than the like the revelations of the characters, I don't think uh, the way that the characters were written. I don't think you know he betrayed their character at all uh and and was able to explain their actions within their character pretty well and and was able to tell a good murder mystery uh with it so i'm gonna give it an a minus
2: art grade for rags morales um what is your grade mr maya
1: i'm gonna go with an a uh rags sometimes has weird faces um and other stuff i've read but here kind of the faces were the uh the point. The point. Uh, that ugly crying was amazing. Yeah, the ugly clock crying with Tim, um, and just, just the emotion on people's faces in this really stuck out to me. Stuck out to me, so uh, I'm going to give it an A.
2: Okay, uh, Mr. Adam.
4: Uh, I'm going to go with A as well, just pretty much for everything Maya said. It was it was beautiful to look at, and it was, yeah.
1: And how about the Michael Turner covers? Oh, yeah. So,
4: this was a, just a couple
1: of years before he passed away, and... Man, these covers are beautiful. Like the, mm-hmm. the, the cover to issue seven, which is the actual cover to the trade the version that
3: Todd has. Right, the Tinder anniversary. It's, yeah, you see the. Um, all
2: the capes hanging up.
3: Capes hanging on the hook. And it's just oh, one yeah, of yeah. those where they're all just kind of uh, depressed. I watched that and I like a feeling of depression. It's just kind of coming <clears at> through me on that. Yeah, that art is fantastic. Um, I'll segue into mine and give it an A as well. I mean, I don't. If you had asked me what do I've done to make it better, I'm not sure I could. Even on the critiquing side of things, the, the um, it was ugly crying in the face as you watch that. But it, it's, yeah, that, it was quite emotional, and it really carries the point across. That panel of Batman holding Tim Drake is
0: mm-hmm.
1: one of those comic panels that's forever yeah. etched in my memory. Like, I can see it without even having to
4: look at the page. Yeah, yeah. No, it, was, it was heartbreaking and perfect, so yeah.
2: Um, I will also give it an A. My only complaint is, and I'm trying to find it again, but there's one image of Superman, like with his neck craned at a weird angle, looking back at the camera. That he was is, presenting, <laughs> or something. There, there's just like one image that I'm like, this is like the only real weak part in the entire.
3: The Marvel woman go to pose. I mean, prior to like Ms. Marvel, everyone—if you take a look at all the movie posters that have Marvel characters—they're oh, all showing off their ass. They're all showing off their ass and looking over the shoulder.
2: Yeah, it's not quite that extreme. Like it's more like he's looking to the side, but like his neck is a, just a strange angle. Like it looks really, it's very bizarre. Um, but other than that, it kind of bothers me.
0: Final grades.
2: We will start with the birthday boy, Mr. Maya.
1: Uh, I'm gonna give it an A overall. It's one of my favorite stories. Um, it's not an easy thing to read, but it's it's mm-hmm. overall one of my favorite books
3: that I've read.
2: Okay. Yeah. Vitamins. Yeah, um, I'm gonna go with an A minus just because of a little bit of the weakness in the story writing stuff. That's mainly my issue there, uh, Mr. Adam.
4: Uh, I'm an A minus as well. I, mean, I love this story. I, you know, this is the first time I've actually read it, and I've always heard so much stuff about this, both good and bad, that I wanted to make my own opinion. Uh, it's a very well done story. I love the fact that we do introduce the ambiguity between good and evil, and that you know, good men mm-hmm. do bad things, and good women do bad things sometimes, uh, but. You know for the fridging, the damseling, and the, and the unnecessary rape scene that was that diminishes it a bit. I, I do understand it was this is from a long time ago, and we know better now, and probably wouldn't have bugged me that much back then. But today, with like looking through a new lens onto society and culture, it's that's not acceptable. So,
3: and then Mr. Todd, no i not gonna give it an A at the end of the day, it was um. It's a bit of a product of its time, sure, but the execution and for everything was was really fantastic. The what's interesting the next crisis book, DC did um, Infinite Crisis. I got the omnibus for that recently, and it's fifteen hundred pages. Holy cow! Ty-ins. Well, yeah, that has all the tie-ins, but it also has a bunch
1: of the stuff that yeah. Because once crisis came, once Infinite Crisis came out, there were only like if I remember correctly, a handful of tie-ins while the actual event was going. Right. A lot of the a lot of that meat is. Every, Like the two years worth of books leading up to it.
3: Sure, by all means. While you take a look at this thing and the seven issues is so highly contained. Yeah. And everything at it. So it is a tight, taut, highly contained story. I got a
0: lot
2: of stuff
3: out in a brief period of time.
0: Grade point average.
2: Your GPA ends up coming out to a 3.85, which is just above an A minus. Not quite an A, but uh, that seems pretty on par with what we were uh, all agreeing with.
0: Recommendations.
1: As we record this, you know, uh, this is a month in the future from us recording it now. Mm -hmm. Um, The first issue of Grant Morrison and Liam Sharp's The Green Lantern (laughs) came out last night at midnight. And it is a lot of fun. It kind of... It's kind of pulling everything back and focusing on them being space cops instead of kind of these big, huge, epic... You know all the multi lanterns and and godlike villains. It's kind of scaling it back to to space cops. We'll leave
3: that to Snyder and, for now. What's that? We'll leave that to Scott Snyder for now. You'll leave what to multicolored Snyder? lantern? Oh yeah. What's he doing with Justice League? Whatnot? Oh yeah, he's doing other lantern. Like yeah, he's doing weird stuff. Yeah.
1: Um. But yeah, no, this book is good. It very much has a high sci-fi like 2000 AD vibe, which grant that's kind of what made grant morrison mm-hmm. so um and, and the art is beautiful it's by a guy named liam sharp and yeah that's it i'll go cool. grab it and look through it cool
2: um i will go next uh i picked this up at big adventure this last weekend um at the uh boom had a uh, boom uh, studios had a uh a booth there i bought this book i bought two copies of it one i'm planning on giving to my niece but i wanted to read it before i uh, gave it to her just to be safe and this is completely counter to what we've just read this is just kind of fun uh not necessarily silly but just a fun book called lumberjanes um it's won a fuck ton of awards um for ongoing series and things like that it's about a a group of uh Pretty badass, uh, Girl Scouts, uh, types who, um, are at at summer camp. And for some reason, there is a lot of weird creatures and things going on in their, uh, in their general vicinity. And they are, uh, doing their best to try to counteract it. There is some funny stuff. There's zombie Boy Scouts. There are, um, evil yetis uh there are uh, there's a there's a big snake monster in the middle of the river when they go canoeing and uh it's like four issues each issue is a, a little adventure um but it's i mean it's really fun i understand why it's getting all the accolades i ripped through it, but love the hell of it and i'm excited to get more of them uh so uh if you've read this and you're like hey i would like you know a nice little palate cleanser I would say uh, Lumberjanes is a really good palate cleanser, at least it works for me. Um, Mr. Todd, do you have any recommendations?
3: I do. There is a newer book that came out by Neil Gaiman with Raphael Albuquerque doing a lot of the art called A Study in Emerald. And what they've gone ahead and done is Neil Gaiman is doing a Sherlock Holmes story meets Lovecraft. Oh, cool. So, yeah, that's all you really need to know. But Sherlock Holmes era in that time, so it's not modern-day Sherlock, it's old Sherlock, but a Lovecraftian infused
2: tale he's trying to solve. Cool. Um, and uh, Mr. Adam.
4: Um, so it, again, this came out about a month ago from when this this airs. But that movie I talked about earlier, Boy Raced. it's uh, got Lucas Hedges who was in Manchester by the Sea a couple years ago. Um, and like I said, it's about a kid going through conversion therapy. Uh, the movie itself is okay. Uh, it's based on a book and you can very much tell by the pacing and how there's a lot of scenes of just the main character kind of gazing off in thought, which is in a book, you would know what they're thinking, but this being a movie and showing what actions they're doing doesn't really... Um, follow through. But the reason why this is a movie that I think everyone should see, because it does show people the realities of what's actually going on in these, in these reeducation, they're basically reeducation camps and involves everything from beating kids up to brainwashing them to in one sense, almost waterboarding someone as they're, you know, supposedly baptizing the, the demon out of them. Uh, you should leave that movie very, very angry and very, very upset. And as someone who's gone through uh, X A therapy, not to that level, but a lot of what it hit home was, you know, correct? Like, you know, pretend your father's next to you so you can scream and yell at him and cuss him out for failing you as a father and just a bunch of bullshit that should never happen to anyone. Uh, but in many states, in the U.S., I think almost half of them still allow uh, XK therapy to happen to minors. And honestly, it is a form of child abuse. And if you didn't know anything about it and thought, oh, it's just, you know, counseling, uh, this is a way to show you what's actually going on and hopefully change your mind and, you know, help our leaders pass legislation that outlaws this form of uh, child abuse. So... Okay. But not really a happy recommendation, but uh, I think an important one. So. Okay. Well. Yeah. well so watch either. watch that, and then read Identity Crisis. Exactly. There yes. you go.
2: Or, or. And then read Lumberjanes to wash it all away. Yes. And,
4: and I will say again that that the boy race says have a very explicit rape scene that uh, was really really hard to watch. So keeping in the theme of of the book, yeah, okay. I like I actually got out and um, pretty much sobbed the whole way home. So mm. it was it was hard. Yeah, I remember you got home and I was
1: like, "How was the movie?" And you're like, "Well, it wrecked me." <laughs>
2: yeah. Gotcha. Well, that's uh, fun. Uh, so uh, <laughs> I said it was important, not fun. <laughs> I know. I'm just. I'm like. I'm like. I got. I got no segue out of that.
0: Uh, next. Next week on Funny Books on Firewater.
2: So next week we are going to be continuing on our month of family drama with uh, God Country. Mm-hmm. From Donnie Cates, is yeah. that correct, Todd? Donnie Cates. Donny's the... Todd, I think this was your recommendation, I believe. Connie Yates. Connie Yates. Yes, it
3: was. Um, it's a story about a um, this man has moved back in with his father in western Texas. Um, his dad, his wife, his mother is gone, and his wife has a raging case of Alzheimer's. And that's the beginning of the story here. So you've got an abusive old man with a raging case of Alzheimer's. And a young man, his son is a young man with a <laughs> wife
4: and child being pulled in multiple directions. And that's how it begins.
0: Yay! Is
4: that kind of like in South Park when they have the Harley boys and they have Raging Clues? <laughs> oh, I love
2: that. Oh, I'm, I'm oh I've got clue. a Raging Clue. My clue
4: is pointing over this way. <laughs>
3: i like got Clue Goo over What this. I will say, the sword of all swords is in this book.
4: That's true. How do you yeah. know the name for my penis? There you Jeez. go. Sword
2: of all swords.
4: <laughs> well, well, some would refer to it as a dagger, but
2: well, that's true. Well, anyway, so <laughs> so join us next week for God Country with the Sword of All Swords and a raging clue. Can uh, <laughs> uh, anybody else have anything else before we go? I think we're good. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us, and uh, we will talk to you later. Bye. Bye. And see. <laughs>
0: So that it happened. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode. This band of knuckleheads will be back next week with a new episode. Until then, you can find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr as FunnyBooksandFirewater. Books and Firewater. and on Twitter as at Firewatercast. Go to FunnyBooksAndFirewater.com for the most up-to-date information, as well as cocktail recipes from this and past episodes. Thank Thank you for joining us. And until next week, support your local comic shop, tip your bartender well, and stay hydrated.